0: Hello, and welcome to the Weekly 4 Podcast.
1: Where podcasting happens.
0: Uh, Twice, twice uh, in in right under a week, because I think we did it a little later last night, or exactly Weekly 4. I think this is the first time we've done this in months. So congratulations to you, Mr. Levenstein.
1: I appreciate you,
0: Mr. Messner. Um, we got a nice compliment on the podcast from one of our loyal listeners, Brian Swicker, saying he expected amateur hour, but we're getting better. So I'll take a backhanding compliment whenever we can get. <laughs> um, he's like, "You guys actually aren't bad, like, and have good transitions." I'm like, "Yeah, well, considering we're also were parenting uh, last uh, last Thursday night, it was uh, not easy to do, but." We'll see if this cannot be amateur hour tonight by maybe keeping the podcast to about forty minutes. So
1: that'd be nice. I have to take a brisket out of the oven at twelve thirty, so I'm actually not in that big of a rush.
0: That's a weird euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> I don't a know euphemism what it means
1: for doing hard work and things that are valuable and contributing to society. Or are you in the gutter again?
0: I literally just <laughs> thought that it was just a weird saying a brisket out of the oven. I have no idea what it could even mean. The hardest um, part
1: is that it smells so, so good. And so it, it's somewhat distracting, but I'm going to try to counter the delicious smell of the brisket by pouring myself some delicious bourbon.
0: Um, that sounds delicious. So, um... As we get started uh, tonight's uh, Weekly 4, we talk about the thing that is going to start happening tomorrow night here in Houston, the World Series. What? Yep, that too, but the World Series in Houston. Um, this will be the fourth um, World Series the Astros have appeared in in the last six years. Um, 17, 19, 21, and finally in even year 22. Um Very exciting. The Astros actually played the Phillies in the 1980 NLCS National Championship Series, highlighted the Astros had a veteran Joe Morgan on the team, Hall of Fame second baseman, but the Phillies ended up uh, winning that series and going on to the World Series. Um, So as uh, they have a little bit of history when they were both in the National League, but have not played each other in the postseason, I don't think since then. Um, so, uh, 42 years in the making, finally a rematch between the two teams. Um, and it is also the first world series to begin on a Friday night since 1915. Um, which is, uh, I think more of a coincidence rather than, uh, something that baseball's planned. Although the fact that they have their first off game of the world series on Sunday, so they don't compete head to, to the NFL was likely done intentionally. So, uh, there is that so that is kind of what's going on and in fact today is the 340th anniversary of philadelphia being founded uh it's a lot of history for us in the united states they have enough history they can let us win the world series so um uh, with that i will turn it over to you mr lovenstein
1: when did the astros leave the national league uh
0: about 10 years ago i want to say hold on um yeah, it was to make the two leagues have an even number of teams. And once they were playing interleague, it really um, did it uh, during the regular season. Um, it really mattered less. Uh, made more sense to even it out.
1: And if the World Series was taking place... Astros is place
0: 2013. So, 2013. yeah, this is the 10th season.
1: And... Uh, if the World Series were to take place on a regular football Sunday, which do you think would get better? Uh, football, or-
0: Sunday night football uh, repeati- repeatedly outdraws the World Series when they compete. That's as- crazy. And by like a wide margin, by like, I think it's like a four times X viewership. And is
1: that because most of the people that would be watching football are such football fans, they really couldn't care less unless their baseball team was in the World Series?
0: Um, Well, the problem is NFL games get people who aren't fans of both teams because of fantasy football to watch a Mm. lot. Um, Baseball, fantasy baseball, way, way smaller market. Especially also fantasy is really more of a regular season most of the time. I mean, they have games now for postseason too, but... A uh, majority of it is the regular season, um, and just there's just more NFL fans. And if unless your team is in the World Series, a lot of people are like, I really could care less who wins. So unlike the Super Bowl, which has maybe become an event, even the commercials are must see. Um, the World Series, nobody's like, oh, I gotta go watch the World Series commercials. Um, so, um,
1: yeah. yeah, gotcha. So as the probably the last person or one of the last people in Houston to realize that the Astros swept the Yankees and <laughs> we're going to the World Series. Um, I he's don't, talking I,
0: about yourself, just to make sure I was fully aware <laughs> right away when know. the Astros swept the Yankees.
1: Yeah, yeah, unless you this is your first time listening to the weekly four, I don't think anyone would assume that that's you, but that's a fair point to clarify. Just have to make sure,
0: just have to make sure. See?
1: I understand. Um, the uh. Okay, so Astros-Phillies. What are your thoughts on these two teams going up against each other?
0: Well, the Astros are are heavily favored. They're minus 200 betting-wise. To win, Phillies, I think, are plus 180, 185, um, which means, again, for those who aren't aware of sports betting, what it means, in order to win $100 um, betting on the Astros, you'd have to wager 200 in order to win – um, $185 um, on Philly you only have to wager 100 bucks. so Astros are big favorites uh, the Astros won a lot more regular season games with them I think they set it's the second largest differential in terms of uh, amount of wins between two teams in the World Series I think ever um, the Astros are also if no team in the Division Series has ever swept all three rounds I don't think that that's going to happen I would love it um, be the first team to ever do that, to literally have an undefeated postseason in baseball. Um, it's just very hard to do that in the World Series, especially Philly seems extremely hot. Um, right now, coming into the series. Um, and, and finally, the Astros manager is looking to win his first World Series ever, and he's currently the winningest manager in baseball history without a World Series championship. So he's won so many games in his career, regular season, but has never won a World Series
1: so the Astros are favored statistically and they have a whole bunch of like momentum elements in their favor, but Phillies like they also have a bit of momentum going for them. How did the Phillies do in the series? The series that they they just beat completed? San Diego
0: four to one. Um, okay. And uh, their player, Bryce Harper, they were down three, two in the eighth inning, hit a two run home run, gave them a four, three lead. And then they ended up winning. It was kind of a very dramatic home run. Um, um, in Philadelphia and the Phillies hadn't been in the playoffs in 10 years since uh, this season. So they're kind of going on a really, a um, kind of a magical season for them. Um, I'm hoping the Astros end their magic. Now they're just happy to be there is what I'm hoping. But after the Astros were heavily favored to beat Washington in the world series and Atlanta in the world series, you take nothing for granted. And the only time the Astros actually won the world series was when we were the underdog against the Dodgers. So, Hopefully, again, even year, we rewrite the ship um, and win the World
1: Series. And overall, how would you rank the Phillies team? Like, young, old, energetic, strong? Uh, a lot league, of energy.
0: Like... They came from kind of – they barely made the playoffs, so didn't have a great regular season, but they're hot now. And, and has uh, the best team does not always win the World Series from the regular season because baseball is sure. such a large sample size, The regular season. Yeah. Um, even more so, it's double the amount of games that almost that the NHL and the NBA play. Um, and, and again, a seven game series compared to 162 games, it's just such a larger, uh, smaller sample size that um, baseball, kind of more than the NBA or the NHL, which also play seven game series, the best team typically wins in those two sports. And baseball, the best regular season team, it's, it's more of a rarity, actually. So.
1: And it wouldn't be a weekly four podcast without bashing on Barry Diner in Montreal. So um, you can
0: never win another World Series. Is that the bash?
1: Well, no. Is I was going to say that I find it uh, interesting that it's called the World Series when I was going to say it's American exceptionalism, but you can sort of say it's North American exceptionalism even though there's only one Canadian team because Montreal wasn't able to sustain their own team because they're barely a city. Um, uh, I was wondering but, where you are going
0: with this. Um, but, um, it's funny. I mean, baseball was purely really an American sport that didn't really take off globally till after World War II. Um, right. So it real um, after World War II, especially in Asia, Japan, Korea, it really took off a lot more. Um, although what's interesting is for being in such an American sport – this is the first World Series where there is not a U.S.-born African-American player in it, which also shows about its globalization since 1950, I think. Um, uh, that's was the stat I think I saw. Um, and I forgot also about Mexico, Dominican Republic, Central America, where baseball is huge now. So it's global um, as well in nature. So it really is the World Series based off of where the players are who are competing in it. Yeah,
1: and and there is like a world, like an actual like world championship of baseball, but I don't think it's professional players, or is it? What
0: it is the WBC? Yeah, where all the countries compete. Yeah, it is professional players playing.
1: Oh, it is professional players. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, oh, cool. I was gonna say well, but yeah but it's good.
0: that's like a newer tournament that's not really that's like each country competing it's not like the major league baseball teams like there isn't anybody who'd be like you know what here i don't want to win the world series i'd rather win the world baseball classic i don't but think you'll like, find a single mlb player who would ever say that right now they totally. take a lot of pride to get me wrong and it's a very cool tournament i've been actually before when it was in orlando oh, that's cool and it's a lot of fun um and it's it's nice to see everybody represent their team pride. And, and it is, again, a generally fun tournament, but it is not the same as a
1: World Series. Right. But And, like, World Cup soccer, it is actually the countries and the players go back to their home countries Correct. to compete, right?
0: Correct. So, it's, it's baseball's version of it, basically, but it doesn't yeah. have the same panache.
1: No, definitely not. And then – because then in the professional leagues of soccer, like, it's – yeah. Anyways, but still – Here's to Montreal Expos and their failure as a baseball team.
0: Oh man! Anyway, <laughs> um, the other thing wanted to talk about in sports is Tom Brady lost tonight, and for the first time in his entire career, again he's been playing. I think it's like 23 year career, 24 year He was drafted in 2000, so 22 I he retired year, last year Yeah, he came back. Oh, he retired for God. about six weeks and wanted to keep playing the four or five. He is oh. currently his team is two games under 500. So, basically, his team is currently 3-5, and um, which is unheard of for a Tom Brady-led team to be um, under five hundred. What team is he on? Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: Oh, my God. He surely has gone to Jacksonville. At least they have a fun uh, stadium to play in.
0: To Jacksonville?
1: Don't they have, like, the wildest, funnest, like, stadium in the NFL? Uh,
0: They have a pool. Yeah. Yeah, But I don't know about that. I mean – they're not. They haven't oh, been man. very good in a while.
1: I can't believe that he came back. This is
0: shocking. I, this is like, like, I think we talked about this on the podcast before.
1: I don't know. I feel like we talked about him retiring, uh, and maybe a I think this. we talked
0: about him coming back too. I think uh, you may have to go listen to some old episodes. That Ouch. your shockingness is just your memory of forgetting weekly four episodes.
1: Possible Swecker, you now have some homework to do.
0: Um, but so I mean, Hall of Fame. All time greatest quarterback. I don't think anybody really debates it. Um, so it's just shocking for him to be. It reminds me kind of like with Michael Jordan's last season in Washington. Um, there's only so much. But I'd argue Brady's playing better than I mean Jordan. It's just a lot of injuries in Tampa. Doesn't have Rob Gronkowski this season. So. Um, it's um, very surprising how the team has performed so far, especially this week they played a good team in Baltimore, but last week they lost to a Carolina Panther team that literally traded away its best player, which we talked about last week's podcast. Do you remember that? Yes. Way to go. Um, and um, Don't ask and, me any
1: details on it, but I remember the conversation.
0: Um, so the fact that they lost to that team last week and then um, now lost to Baltimore this week, it's just uh, – his level of frustration, especially with the rumors in the tabloids that he may not a hundred percent be having the best relationship with his wife currently. They may be separated. I don't know. We are not a gossip uh, podcast. The Weekly Four. We just report the facts, ma'am. Um, even though he never said just the facts, ma'am, on DragNet.
1: Facts what does George name? Costanza say? It's uh, it's uh, as long as you believe it, it's not a lie. Or something like that
0: oh yeah that's that's not how it works um
1: also by the way i didn't know that was rumors i thought that was fact that they were separating so it, I'm glad it, they... mi- it
0: might be fact i mean i i they i don't know if i don't they haven't confirmed anything as far as i know Got it. so okay
1: well here's to their um, privacy
0: pff, we're lack thereof unfortunately <laughs> um so that man is... that's
1: crazy okay so summary Brady came out of retirement. Apparently, we talked about this before, but I don't think that we have. But even so, um, and he's not doing well. Is he playing well? And his team isn't he's, playing he's well. He's playing
0: okay. He's not playing up to his normal high standards. But the man's forty five years old. But one um, second, but he, also but he looked good. I was watching his... him tonight. He was looking good. He doesn't have his best tight end, and his right. team has had a lot of injuries to start right. the season.
1: So that's 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 the question. Can we isolate it and say, like, yeah, and, not- and
0: nobody. He is not, they're not like, oh, they're losing these games because of Tom Brady. Right. I watched also earlier, like, they had a horrible penalty called on them, like, in order to potentially um, come back and make the game a lot closer against Baltimore. Like, it wasn't his penalty. The running back uh, false started on on fourth and goal. So they had to kick the field goal instead of going for the touchdown. So So
1: overall, Tom Brady is still Tom Brady, but he's just on a weaker team with some bad luck.
0: That's what it seems like so far. Okay. But I, I think he's done after this. I, I think after this season and everything he gave up, pers- I, I would be shocked if this wasn't his swan song this season. More like a black swan song. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. Don't know if these are as good of connections as previously, but today is actually the 60th anniversary of averting total nuclear war. Thanks to a Russian submarine uh, second in command uh, who didn't follow orders. To um, this is literally the height of the um, of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Is literally today, um, and um, here's the sixty years of um, non nuclear war.
1: What's so amazing about that story is that Soviet military doctrine. Is yes. specifically that you, you as follow a command, orders. Yep, you no matter what's going on. Once you go, you follow your orders. And the fact that in this instance where it really counted, a uh, big deal. Um, I,
0: the other other thing I could think of, it's not obviously exact same, but when the Nazi generals didn't follow Hitler's orders to burn down Paris, because it, it's funny, you follow orders almost to the degree where literally. You would change world history, or the loss of cultural uh, icons um, like the Nazi generals didn't do. Again, I'm not trying to give anybody credit. These are no. um, horrible people in many senses of the word, but it's very interesting. They did not want to go down in history as the people that burned down Paris, just like he probably didn't want to go in history as the guy who launched the nuclear war that might have ended the world. Um, and back by in the 62. way,
1: the the thing that you know that to some degree, I don't want to say validates, but to some degree, yeah, and to some degree it validates like the doctrine that exists in American military and Israeli military and probably British and some other of the more Western, more um, reasonable military, which is the officers on the ground, you have your orders, but at the end of the day, you know what's really going on on the ground and you can make a call. And so the reason that's interesting to me is that if those generals thought, well, we're pulling out of Paris, but like the Third Reich is going to continue to thrive, um, they probably would have burned down Paris. But they knew once the D-Day yeah. landing was successful yeah, and once they, they were, were getting pu- routed, yeah. But
0: they were also pulling out of Paris and retreating. So nobody's like, oh yeah, we're going to retreat, but we're going to win this war. Like, they, they why? Not, it's sure. very uh, they because they understood they were generals. They I think they understood. Um, the Soviets
1: retreated, and they eventually turned it around, and they won the war. The British retreated, and they eventually turned around and won the war. Like, if they really thought, like, okay, you know, we're going to pull back here, but right? Like that's what I'm saying.
0: I, yeah, I think they realized the what was happening on the ground and realized that they weren't going to win this war.
1: Correct. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that was probably a part of it, also. But in, and by the way, I guess the flip side of you could say if they did think they were going to be back in Paris, then all the more reason not to burn it down. But. Um still nonetheless I think, you know, the fact that they're even refusing Hitler's orders at that point also sort of uh ratifies that they realize that the tide had turned on them.
0: Yeah, it's um yeah, it's um it sometimes individual actors um have outsized role in history that, that um of not following quarters that ended up um having lasting consequences and that, And you could make an argument that way more important than the non-burning of Paris was not launching a nuclear, uh, uh, starting a nuclear war with the United States uh, 60 years
1: ago. I would say so.
0: Today's also the fourth anniversary of the tree of life shooting in Pittsburgh. It is the deadliest ever attack on a Jewish community. 11 people were killed. And interestingly enough, me and you were at an event tonight and about protecting, um, Israel and, um, And what every all the good work IDF soldiers do, Um, but interestingly enough, they didn't mention this, and it's just surprising. If I didn't read it um, and look up this date in history, I would not have remembered it either. I haven't seen anything about it, but with this rise in anti-Semitism and the fact that today is the fourth anniversary, you think A would have been mentioned at the event we were last night, or B somewhere an article? I mean, again, not that again. I'm watching news networks twenty four seven, but. I hadn't seen anything on Facebook, social media, anything about this being the fourth anniversary of that attack, Um, and I didn't even realize it was the deadliest ever attack on the Jewish community in the United States, um, with eleven people dying. So, um, I remember it very well. Um, Extremely sad for those who don't remember a gunman. Um, showed up at a conservative synagogue in Pittsburgh in the Squirrel Hill community um, at about 9 a.m. and shot and killed um, 11 people with a few more wounded. Um, So um, that was already four years ago, which is kind of nuts because I don't know if it feels more recent or longer. I go back and forth. COVID kind of throws all time kind of for a loop in terms of this things feel, pre-COVID events feel, Longer or shorter than they actually occurred. Normally, events feel more recent, but because of COVID, I sometimes feel that they feel longer ago. So,
1: yeah, I mean the uh, I think the COVID timeline and the baby making timeline sort of throws things off. Also, like it really just sort of throws off like the normal feeling or relative sense of time passing. Um, And I'm actually floored. I did not know that was four years ago today, um, and part and and the reason I'm floored more than the fact that I didn't remember that this exact I don't even know what the date is. That it was say the 27th. I, that's not what surprised me. Is that you're right? There was nothing in the news about this. I do remember it being the deadliest attack that I do remember, but I yeah, but like that's shocking um and in the so like i mean who knows right we can hypothesize for the next six days about why it's not in the news but in my mind the fact that it's not in the news is slightly concerning
0: So I just quickly Googled it, and CNN does have an article. It's not on their main page. I think it's on their U.S. page about the survivors working throughout anti-Semitism four years afterwards, because anti-Semitism is now the hot-button Jewish topic that everybody likes to talk about because of the rise in it, and it's something with Kanye West that now everybody is – we're going to get to that later if we have time – that everybody's rallying behind. Um, But it's interesting, this horrible hate thing, the number one article CNN writes is about anti-Semitism. Um, which obviously was a factor in it, but you'd think it would talk more about like remembering these 11 people's lives. Um, uh, and I again, Pittsburgh newspaper has something. Uh, Yahoo News picked up something, but really not a lot. Um, um, you'd think more Jewish organizations would be writing articles, but uh, I also, it could next year could be bigger again. Typically with these memorials, um, there's way more articles on the, on the fifth, or the tenth, or the fifteenth, twentieth, twenty-fifth anniversary of events like this. So, although apparently yeah. Biden marked it, according to Axios, Biden marks four-year anniversary tree of life shooting. Um, um, so, there we go.
1: Yeah, I said it, in
0: a statement on Thursday. So somebody in his White House must also be doing the same thing as me on Wikipedia. And alerting him to stuff like this.
1: Good. They should be alerted. It's it's it is concerning that, uh, or not concerning. I guess more upsetting to some degree that it wasn't even mentioned tonight. Um, I'm going to, especially
0: since they talked about like anti semitism and mm-hmm. the growing nationally. Like, like yeah, but. My guess is that same video that we saw is used in communities around the country, so making something specific to an event happening today wasn't likely to make the cut. Yeah, but somebody video. could have, have, somebody could have mentioned it. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Then, um, then, you know, in that same note, um, well, uh, we'll save discussions around racism and anti-Semitism for when we talk about Kanye later on in the podcast.
0: Um, he's now known as Ye, by the way. He legally changed his name to Ye. I don't care. Yeah, it's pretty, um, pretty amazing. Um, I I have a, I have a, I have a theory as to if he maybe saw yeah whatever uh, we'll get into it soon. Um, happy hundred and sixty fourth birthday to Teddy Roosevelt. Um, happy born birthday. in Eighteen fifty eight, um, led this country was the youngest president ever. I'm not sure if you knew that. Even though Kennedy was the youngest one ever elected, when William McKinley was assassinated, young forty two year old. Teddy Roosevelt became president of the United States um, um, also as the only former president to beat the sitting president in an election while he wasn't currently in office. So Teddy Roosevelt was in office from 1901 to 1909 in the 19, he then in 1908 had William Howard Taft um, um, basically like picked him to like um, as his potential placement campaigned campaign form, wasn't happy with the job Taft did, and in 1912 ran against Taft for the Bull Moose Party. It is the last party to have beaten um, the party. He got more electoral votes than Taft did, who was running for re-election, but still ended up ultimately losing in 1912 to Woodrow Wilson, the Democrat. So um, Teddy Roosevelt was definitely his own man, started his own political party, and beat the sitting president in the electoral college that has not been done since. Um, a third party also to garner that many electoral votes hasn't been done since. Um, and was just a very strong leader, very big on natural parks and conservationism. Um, and uh speak softly, carry a big stick, um, a lot of just famous teddyisms, uh, lots of great books to read about his presidency and about him. Um and um, happy 164th birthday.
1: Happy 164th birthday. I feel like we've, if we had to like at some point look back and see who we talk about the most. For some reason, I feel like, for sure, like, I feel like Teddy Roosevelt is one of these people. Maybe it's just be, like, I don't know. I feel like he's one of these people that that um, is like a recurring topic that we come up with. And I I think it's because a lot of things that he did were like, memorable historic moments because we've talked about and, Panama Canal and we're
0: and we're and we're in before his time conservationism was really didn't really start again up till the 60s mm. so he founded natural national parks and uh, he did a lot of he was way before his time on a lot of different issues I think um, was part of it um, and um, but yeah we we have talked about him a lot he actually died relatively young 1919, he was only about uh, sick. I think he was like 61 years old and was actually planning on running again in 1920 and was one of the favorites. Um, but died before he could potentially run again for president. Hmm. So, um, interestingly enough, I wonder what the Roosevelts
1: are up to nowadays.
0: I mean, it's a lot of generations now since then. So, um, and again, he was um, cousins with Franklin, they were like I think fourth cousins, but um. So kind of two different lines, also Franklin's line and Teddy's line. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, they were not, um, even though with the same last name, they were not that closely related. Got it. Interesting. Well,
1: happy birthday, Teddy, or Mr. President.
0: And moving on to politics, I'm now, this is my stump Joe Levenstein or not portion of the podcast. (laughs) It is happy 59th birthday to Marla Maples. Joe, who is Marla Maples and why would I put her in politics? Let's see if you know this.
1: I have never heard that name before in my life.
0: So Marla Maples is the only surviving ex-wife of President Donald Trump. After Ivanka Ivana's untimely passing, um, Marla Maples was his second wife. Um, It's who he left Ivana for. He had Tiffany, one of his kids, um, with her. Um, and um, was the one who connected his first three kids um, to his uh, youngest, um, was number two in between was Marlon Maples. So um, happy 59th birthday to her. What's just amazing to me is how young his second wife was compared to him, let alone how young Melania is compared to him. So um, Trump keeps moving in the direction. Who knows how much younger? um, Again, I don't think he's moving on anywhere from Melania, but – Again, just the pace setting. Um, I'd be worried if he ever has a fourth wife.
1: Marla Maples. Correct. And how many wives has he had? Three. Melania being the third. Correct. So, um,
0: and and why I brought this up, it just is interesting because Trump was just quoted, I think, about a week ago. um, And this was the jumping off point for this as saying he is very likely told a Texas delegation that uh, actually in a speech here in Texas somewhere, um, like kind of in the middle of nowhere, maybe the speech was, I don't know exactly where it was, but not in one of the major cities, how he is probably going to run again in 24, probably the world's worst case secret. Um, I still hear a couple of people who think he may not, but all signs are pointing to a potential Trump rerun uh, and running back 2020. Um, if Biden decides to run again, um, God, so yes, um, America, you game, you may get the rematch that no one wanted, um, in 2024. And what's crazy is because election day is one week from this upcoming Tuesday, as soon as the midterms are over, it all shifts to the 2024 election. Who's running primaries around the country, but, um, likely if it is Trump against Biden, it will be, um, the nominations there'll be very one or two people running against trump unlikely anybody to run against biden um and it will be pretty anticlimactic most likely um probably trump's running mate who trump would pick to be his vp may be the only unknown really in terms of uh on the tickets so um, because it won't be pence again that i can almost Mm. guarantee
1: yeah and and like even yeah well oh god
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you think if you think uh the um the divisiveness in this country was bad just wait till after the midterms. Um it's uh and the so, nonstop stop news coverage of uh listen there is a chance he doesn't run again and there's a chance Biden doesn't run again and neither of them are are spring chickens to put it lightly. Um <laughs> but but all signs seem to be pointing that way.
1: So, is the reason no one runs against Trump because you don't run against a previous president, or just because mm-hmm. no one's going to want to waste the political exactly. capital or whatever? They don't,
0: very few people could beat him. DeSantis might be the only one who has a shot. But the question is if you run against Trump, he will go after you. And do you want to alienate his base and have his base hate you? His base is probably about 40% of the Republican Party. And it's very hard if 40% of your party hates you because they're so um, all in for Trump um, for you to ever then eventually get the nomination. So the question is, is it political suicide for a non-moderate to run against Trump? And it's highly unlikely because he's got that wide base. Um, If more than one other person runs against him, um, they'll split the non-Trump vote, and then he will easily win. So unless everybody like literally just rallies around a non-Trump person, and even then, I don't know if that person could win. So, um, that's yeah, so, kind of my thoughts.
1: So I agree with you that Desantis is one option. I mean, when Trump, but wins I don't think Florida, Desantis
0: is willing. He's young governor yeah. of a very important state. I don't think yeah. politically it makes sense. He might as well just wait, like everybody else, to twenty twenty eight and then run then.
1: Yeah, um, who would be the other potential
0: running against him? Like maybe like a Ben. San- I mean nobody who with, I, I don't think anybody with enough name recognition that would have a real shot other than DeSantis, because every other person like uh, Ted Cruz or Nikki Haley, uh, Pence could run against him theoretically and be that other candidate. Cause Pence doesn't have much to lose, but um, I don't, I don't think Mike Pence and head head with Donald Trump will beat him. Um, and it would yeah. be amazing to watch a U.S. president literally, if it is Pence against Trump, um, um, just lambast his vice <laughs> former <laughs> vice president. It's, I mean, that would, I think, probably, I mean, since Truman and, I mean, since uh, Roosevelt and Taft, but I don't think that Roosevelt went to the same lengths that Trump would go to um, when he ran against Taft. The other thing is Roosevelt chose to run against his vice president. This would be his vice president choosing to run against him, so kind of flipped yeah. a little bit.
1: Yeah, and my gut is like, as a vice president, maybe it would be Rubio, but on the other side of it, like, I don't know if Rubio would take it because I don't think he would want to be Trump's, Trump's vice VP. President.
0: No, Trump's going to go probably with um, Christy Noel, maybe um, Nikki Haley. My guess is he will go, or um, there a couple of the names. He will go with probably a non white male as the counter on his ticket. Nikki Haley's name has been floated and. Um, <laughs> um, and, and Tim Scott, the African-American uh, senator, rep- only African-American senator who is Republican in the Senate Got from it. South Carolina. So those those are the three names I've heard of, mostly. Uh, I
1: don't know if I have it in me to go through another Trump presidency.
0: Um, there are plenty of people who feel like they don't have enough of them to go through another Biden presidency. So uh, a yeah. lot of people feel like they're caught between a rock and a hard place, so... Um uh I I just remains to be seen and we'll just see how the next uh exactly 2 years play out. So
1: but that also means that nothing will get done because it'll all just be about the elections.
0: Uh well, I don't think anything is going to get done and we're going to get to that in a minute. Um it's actually my next topic, the US midterm elections. Um I don't think anything's going to get done because right now the Republicans are riding over the last few weeks a pretty strong wave because of inflation Um, probably inflation is the number one thing I think on people's minds and the fact that it's not getting much better rising interest rates um, which don't affect the average American so much but affect businesses how much they're willing to reinvest lending um, which have a trickle down uh, nature to them Because of all that, because people think a recession is on the horizon, um, that a lot of the Republicans might not only take the House, but I think more likely to take the Senate as well, even in the weeks since we've had our last podcast.
1: I don't know. I'm pretty sure I heard President Biden say that inflation and high interest rates are good for everyone. So
0: 538 has moved it that it's almost a 50-50 toss-up for who wins the Senate. Um, Again, um, it was, I think, 66-33, literally um not very long ago and now it's 5248 democrats which is basically a toss up so it's really shifted um and the house has gone from i think 70 30 and it's like now 80 to 20 republicans so short of a in the last night and people are already voting early voting started here in Texas even started yeah. this past monday um so short of a real miracle um they definitely aren't going to keep the house i think um the democrats and likely i would think lose the senate because again there are a lot of people who don't respond to polls um and my guess is those typically skew more republican than democrat typically
1: i think the war in europe also has a factor in people's choice of republican versus democrat
0: i uh, could be um, I, I think most people think about at home, their pocketbook is normally the number one um, voting um, issue um, for people. So, um, and I just think all of the costs for everything are just still rising, even with gas falling recently in the last week, but everything else is still way up. And gas is still way up from where it was a year ago. So, sure, they would really need a, some rabbit to pull out of their hat and quick for the so, tide to
1: turn. I agree with you. That's why I say Ukraine is a be part of it because it's like people here are saying, "Wait, wait a 2nd Like we're all like we're all scraping by, and you want to send more money to Ukraine, um, and so I think, and and the opposite side of it also is that um, I mean I don't know how major this is, but I've seen like a few articles and videos that have gotten quite a bit of views on YouTube where um Democrats are being like, wait one second, why are our democratic leaders like encouraging war and supporting war? Like this whole, it goes against, you know, whatever. I guess things that they believe in oh, in terms of the
0: far left progressives, yes, wanted to um try well, to bring Russia to thing. the table.
1: That was that was a whole other thing. That letter that they pulled back. Yeah. I mean, that was just whatever. But um and and by the way, like, I mean, gas, yeah, it went down a bit, but it's it's creeping up again. And I think as we get closer to the winter. Um, winter is coming. Winter is coming, baby boy.
0: Um, winter is coming. Is baby boy also from uh, Game of Thrones? I don't watch Game of Thrones. I so just know winter is coming, I think, is one of their slogans, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Winter is coming, and you know nothing, Jon Snow.
0: Aye. No, no baby boy. Got it. You might as well be speaking French. Um I I just I don't know. I've just never been into fantasy. I don't know. That's just me. I hear you. Then fantasy football. Okay. I I was the same way.
1: I was I was the same way. Um there was something about Game of Thrones. Maybe it was like the violence, maybe it was that like
0: And I love sci-fi, but sci-fi and fantasy are very different.
1: Very different. But Game of Thrones did a good job of balancing out like that sort of fantasy world that it had created but as, especially if you know history like you're sort of watching and you're like this has a lot of like similarities to like real world history of like battles between like different and lords you know in our own year Euro- well, not our but in european history and so um there's there's definitely that but i hear you they especially the show i mean i never was really into the books but show did a really good job of uh high production and character development so it was just it was just fun to watch and yeah i don't know i guess what it was sort of cool when they started having dragons and all this other like you know witchcraft and stuff but to your point that was sort of when i would get annoyed i was just like okay so they just killed this person now they're going to bring them back to life or they're willing on killing this character because they know they can bring them back to life like whatevs dude
0: Moving on, because I have literally nothing to add. Um, <laughs> uh, Elon Musk is buying Twitter, he has a mandated court deadline of buying it by today or tomorrow. Um, depending on which times when you're listening to our podcast, in right now, when we uh, release
1: October it. 28th,
0: on October 28th, correct. That thank you, that makes it a lot easier for people. Um, it looks like he is going full steam ahead. Um, sh- sh- shared a video of him bringing in a sink to um uh twitter's headquarters like he's like cleaning the kitchen sink i guess or i don't i remember i don't know the the thing going let it sink in that he's buying twitter uh, whatever anyway uh, a weird pun he's a weird guy i think he'd even admit he's a weird guy but um really his goal is to bring back um free speech to twitter um obviously, while hopefully still having certain, uh, um, uh, rules and regulations, not unlimited free speech. Again, you don't want false facts kind of really springing up to life or false history, um, on there in terms of Holocaust denial and stuff like that. Um, but I think in general, it's probably very good for the platform. I know some people are nervous about it, but, um, it's not any different than when Jeff Bezos bossed the Washington Post. And uh, if you're a billionaire, you want to, or or literally an uber billionaire, um, you want to be able to own a platform like this where you can, uh, if it's something you believe in that should be reported, this is a great way for you to disseminate information out to America uh, using your power and influence.
1: Yeah. No, I think I love Twitter as a platform. I think I've uh, I've been able to like I guess manipulate the algorithms to the point that I see the stuff that I want to see, mostly around venture capital. Um, you know the 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 biggest issue with Twitter really is the fake users and um, I the think, bots. Yeah, and and it's it's not a, it's not the create most complex problem to solve. So hopefully he's able to solve that. And in terms of freedom of speech. You know it's an interesting thing because freedom of speech does not actually apply to Twitter. Like, you, they, you, do you, do you agree with that statement? Do you are. You um, really? There's no
0: such thing as pure freedom of speech, unfiltered. You can't walk into a movie theater and shout fire. No, That's the most common example.
1: But um, but it's not that. It's that Twitter is a private platform. Correct. If you own Twitter, you are entitled to say to people. You are not allowed to say that on my platform. You right. can say that. You can stand on your front porch right, and, and you I can, can say you it. it. You, can, you can write a letter and hand it out to people and you can say it. That is your right when it comes to freedom of speech. Um, not to be confused with journalism, which is like a whole other slew of things. Um, but, you know, if if the owner of Twitter, and that's why, like, Correct. when people get... It is still a help, private
0: platform. That's the thing. He's, buying, he's buying a private platform. I, the, I
1: have if the government came along and said you cannot speak on twitter or you cannot say those things even on your front porch or on a street that's where private that's where where, where freedom of speech becomes threatened but if if twitter comes and says to you you cannot use my platform or, you cannot say on my platform that They're right. a, it's, yeah it's not a violation and by the way telling them that they can't do that is almost worse So that piece of it is whatever, but the bots, um, the 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 racism, like um, yeah, it's it all of that needs to stop Um, because in that like if if anyone is making it, 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 it should just be like a no asshole rule on Twitter. Like even the people that are just assholes, like they should just be kicked off the platform. Like it's it's a place, the purpose of Twitter from day one to have this town square type of situation where people can share their thoughts and other people can engage them in thoughtful debate. And, and in the venture capital space, for the most part, like I see that, right? People put up questions, they share deals, they, they talk about founders that they're trying to help. Like it's actually a pretty friendly collaborative space. And in there there's definitely assholes, but those assholes should be kicked off the platform in my opinion. The people that are coming in and like are just like jerks about things. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty collaborative, and that is what Twitter is about. Um, and so if you get rid of all the fake bots, you will solve quite a bit. Um, and by the way, this fake bots thing is true also. I'll, I'll give you another crazy example. This is sort of going to go off on a, not a tangent, but off topic. Like, um, my daughter was watching a YouTube video, and um, totally harmless YouTube video. Like, legitimately harmless. It was like, you know, one of those, like, junky, like, kid videos, but it was genuinely right. harmless. I happened to click on the comments. And so she wasn't watching with the comments because, like, from her view, there were no comments. But I just was, like, I was curious. I saw it had a lot of comments on it. So I clicked on the comment button on the YouTube app on the device she was on. And the comments that showed up were, like, 14-year-old girls, you know, click here for nudes. Um, You know, porn, 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 porn. And I was, like, what? I couldn't believe it. But then I was like, oh, that actually, A, it's... Well, it's she wasn't ad- on
0: YouTube, kids.
1: She was on the regular YouTube, that's correct. Um, and, but the fact is, is that that's a failure on YouTube's part because yeah. this is a clearly a kid's video. These are clearly inappropriate comments. And granted, she's young enough and doesn't care for the comments, but there's links in those comments. And if she were to click on one of those links, where's it bringing her?
0: Um. I think you answered that with what you said the comments said.
1: It's really scary. And so, you know, in general, I think more than freedom of speech, these platforms that are making so <clears> much <throat> money, they have to really do a better job in terms of, like, protecting the users that are on it, especially the kids that are on it. Um, it's their responsibility. It's, it's just, like, it's just, you know, don't make excuses of it's too much for us to track. Like, I don't care. Like, you are making infinite amounts of money figure it out
0: yeah um, the lack of corporate um, responsibility this day and um, age is alarming to say the least
1: it's so upsetting and I and i that's gonna you're that's a on the let's say that for another time because that's yeah. a whole other Pandora's box that you just open up
0: Thank you. I like opening up Pandora's boxes and then not having enough time to go through them. So um, we, are, we,
1: are, we are the exception of the rule. We're just going to close that box right back up, close yeah. the key, and just carry on as if nothing happened. All is well.
0: Um, <laughs> finally, in our random, um, the fall of Yi, Kanye West, and my question for you, Mr. Levinson, is he the real-life embodiment of Dave Chappelle's sketch with Black KKK member Clayton Bigsby? So for you, those of you not familiar, Dave Chappelle had a sketch where he played a blind Ku Klux Klan member that had no idea he was black. And it is one of the funniest things ever. I don't know if it's still up there. But Dave Chappelle wearing, I mean, sorry, not Dave Chappelle, but Kanye West wearing White Lives Matter shirts and... Um, I mean I think that's the most um one that it reminded me of it um even more so than going defcon 3 on the jews um um but literally he literally is spewing things basically of clan members <laughs> um and he is black um so it is um I, I, you uh, literally like it wouldn't surprise me if he was like Yo, I saw the Chappelle sketch for the first time ever, and I thought, hey, I wanted to try to be that person in real life. It inspired me. Exactly. Um, Now, can I have my Adidas shoe deal back that I just bought $420 million on? Say goodbye to (sighs) Yeezys, guys, because it looks like they will not be making any more anytime soon.
1: So... All
0: right. It's really amazing how much I never realized until all this happened with the cancellations. Like I saw two: that Aaron Donald, the NFL player, was with Don the Sports. Apparently, at a sports thing, um, and Jalen Brown were like him. They both left him. I I, I totally forgot about his Adidas deal because I don't wear Yeezys Because um, I knew before everyone else that he was going to be like this. Um, <laughs> or honestly, I just didn't wear Adidas. Yeezys, you just really, but... really, really, really like your Air Jordans. Exactly. Michael Jordan never says anything like this um um but um yeah it's it's i didn't realize how large of a space he really took up in american society beyond the tabloids
1: so there's a lot here um for starters you didn't
0: want to name one of your music albums after hitler i mean come on who hasn't thought about that but you know geez all the stuff coming out is like really
1: bad but I loved the College Dropout. It was one of my favorite albums ever.
0: You anti-Semite.
1: And and um um uh, what's it called? The uh catch the no watch the throne with Jay Z. I love that album. Like, I'm talking probably one of my top albums that in my like like anything. Um, yeah, I'm not that big of a fan of his music. Right. And so this is just, and and by the way, like in College Dropout, he he has a, one of his songs. He talks about you know Jacob the jeweler, and he's like you know sort of questions his uh, his uh, ethics.
0: Jacob the jeweler could, didn't have to be Jewish. Sure, there were lots of guy named Jacob the jeweler.
1: Yeah, no guy this,
0: guy for people listening to the podcast Jewish is just another word for a non Jew,
1: yeah. Um, and so, so that's one piece and that, that was so- it's, just, it's just really upsetting. Um, the other thing is this, I leave, maybe there are several interviews, but it seems like the main interview was with Pierce Morgan, right? Not Pierce Morgan, Pierce, just Morgan, Pierce
0: i i don't know pierce morgan does give interviews i i didn't see any of the interviews i've just seen all the backlash it was no i think it was the tweet "Deathcon con three on the jews is what really did that it for was, all these.
1: that followed but it was the pierce morgan interview i think that started this
0: got it yeah they, and, but that's what made but that wasn't what made everybody leave him it was the tweet that made everybody leave him
1: correct but where did it start or where did it start I mean it started probably a long time ago but, yeah exactly Jacob um, the
0: jeweler <laughs> I yeah think, uh, which was in
1: Drew, but he's like yeah so um, so well Jacob the jeweler was an, is an actual person like this that J? it's like a jewelry company um, at least from back in the day and yeah um, so, why did they release that interview and like start this whole firestorm that followed is sort of a question that came to my mind. Like, it's sort of like if someone, uh, if you do an interview with someone, it's so inflammatory, like maybe make the responsible decision, be like actually, as much as we would love the ratings on this, like this is a really, really bad series and conversation. And maybe it's unless they really
0: wanted to show to everybody what type of person this guy really is.
1: (laughs) Maybe, but I doubt that. Um, that's you being all. That's you putting Pepsi like Altruism. credit, yeah, in 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 media. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> um, so that's the other piece that really bothers me. It's like, why did they release the interview in the and to begin with? Like when it's so when it was so inflammatory. Um, but this is all. It's all very upsetting because. Um, it's just like it's just like so unnecessary. But I will say, and I don't know no, definitely all the stuff he said and all of this these this sort of chain of reaction of people's you know, anti-Semitic fervor being all like riled up and getting all excited about it. Um now, oh my gosh, the people that are going out and like buying Adidas, like, ooh, I support Adidas ooh. It's like Come on, dude. Like, just stop. Oh, because they
0: got rid of him.
1: Yeah, like this virtue, what what is it called? Uh, uh, Virtual, virtue, like, posturing or whatever. Like, come on. Like, stop. Okay, great. Like, Adidas (laughs) did the thing.
0: I want more kids making 30 cents a shoe, or 30 cents an hour um, um, shoes from this company. It's just like, Um, what are
1: you trying to show? Like, okay, you went out and bought a pair of Adidas because they dropped Kanye, like, okay good for you, you know,
0: well their you, stock got hit hard so I guess it's people's way of trying to say thank you to them Like, uh, yeah
1: they, their stock got hit hard because it took them days to do it and, and you know this is also part of where I sort of struggle because it's, it's, to some degree this was cancel culture it was just cancel culture that worked in favor of what we believe in
0: um, I mean I'm in favor of cancel culture of really horrible people I just think what people get canceled over is um, is without due process. Like, he released a tweet. It's not like there was an accusation against him made that he said something derogatory about Jews 10 years ago and there was no footage of it. But some woman came forward or some man came forward and said, hey, Kanye said a bad thing about Jews 10 years ago. Let's all – Adidas, please drop him. Let's, let's uh, do all this. I mean, the guy did it to himself. So – cancel culture when it's done by the person doing it i mean it's yeah I, I, I think there are levels of cancel culture and this is one of those where it's kind of the person kind of brought it on themselves
1: so i'm i agree i'm i'm actually talking more about the way people reacted to adidas oh Like you're talking about a multinational, huge corporation. Like you can't expect them to just overnight make a massive decision like that, which has ramifications on thousands of people, then their jobs and shareholders and everything else. And like the way people reacted, like so, like you know, basically bringing them, oh, they were Nazis. It's like, whoa, whoa, like calm down, like
0: yeah, you got to give in corporate America. Anybody who deals corporate America knows nothing goes fast. Nothing everything goes at a fast. Sna- and at it's... a snail's pace. Yep. Um, I mean, yes. Sh- uh, exactly. So, I mean, you can still find old Hertz commercials with OJ on uh, YouTube. So Yeah. And it's
1: like, I mean, look.
0: Should Hertz if... have gone and pulled everything off if he'd been found guilty? Like, some of it is history. That's who their pitchman was.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only people that were able to do that was Disney with Shazam.
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> If anybody out there listening to your podcast remembers the movie Shazam, google it. Good luck. Um but my point simply is it's like
1: it was I would have been shocked if Adidas didn't drop Kanye, but the fact that people were like how have they not done it? Yet? Like okay, like they're going they they're, they're going to do it. And, and by the way, did they do it because they even necessarily care? It's a corporate entity. Like it's you know the same way we say like oh you know corporations they don't really care at the same time well
0: yeah they care about their bottom line they know that this was going to hurt the bottom line and be horrible pr
1: right and and but yeah but by the way they're still fiduciaries right and Correct. so by dropping it they're also dropping a huge amount of potential revenue so
0: yeah you know, but the backlash make, may be even worse
1: right so that's what you need to figure out but you have to figure that out before you make the decision otherwise you are you could potentially be in violation of your fiduciary obligation to your shareholders so you know, everyone like lashing out at Adidas. It's like, okay, you know, if it's a, if it's a bakery in like Wisconsin, like yeah, they can make a decision quickly about changing something, right? But it's like, you know, give them a like a day or two How of do you come like, up
0: with a bakery in Wisconsin as your example. That's what I don't mean. know. What in your mind made you go to a bakery in Wisconsin?
1: I was thinking mom and pop in the middle of nowhere.
0: Oh. <laughs> Just when I thought you weren't gonna be able to diss the people of Wisconsin, you'd go and do that.
1: Um, I, I, I love Wisconsin. It's practically uh, Canada.
0: Hello, Wisconsin. It is um,
1: literally Canada, just in America.
0: Yeah, um, but you are a hundred percent right. Um, so, um, I know there are a couple of people on our podcast that would like more disagreement between me and you. We'll try to come up with more topics that we disagree on. Maybe that'll be our goal for next, because uh, apparently um, that that fighting leads to. Good listening. So, really? I don't know. We disagree disagree on stuff. Yeah. But I feel like we wouldn't do this podcast if we disagreed (laughs) on so much stuff. So, and finally, with 40 seconds left, happy 80th birthday, Lee Greenwood, who is proud to be an American. Literally, the song used on almost every Republican campaign trail. Um, I am too proud to be an American. Um, But it's um, (laughs) what's so funny?
1: The first time I heard that song, I was in the bathroom in Camp La Vie on the 4th of July. And it came on, and I was like, what is that song? It's
0: great. Uh, okay, that's how you feel about America. Mr. Lovenstein, I will always remember how you first feel about America.
1: <laughs> anyway, and I only uh, found out on Tuesday that the Astros were to the World Series.
0: On that note, goodbye.
1: Bye.